This episode of Appleosophy Weekly contains a small amount of explicit language. Hello, welcome to Appleosophy Weekly, episode 7, where we talk about the latest Apple news of the week. Um, before we get this episode started, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And you can follow us uh, at the username at Appleosophy, A-P-P-L-E-O-S-O-P-H-Y. And be sure to visit our website at Appleosophy.com. So before we get this episode started, I will just like to let you know that we have a special YouTuber guest that will be joining the show next week. Um... But YouTuber Apple World will be joining us. Will be joining Appleosophy Weekly on March tenth. Um, but our official press release we sent out a few days ago. So uh, we said Appleosophy is proud to announce YouTuber Apple World, who has over sixteen million views. Uh, he will be joining Appleosophy Weekly on March tenth at two o'clock p.m. CDT. Uh, but Apple World reports on the latest Apple news and leaks on YouTube. He also does reviews and unboxings. Apple World has over 125,000 subscribers with great knowledge of Apple News. Um, but this special episode of Apple Aussie Weekly will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, and more podcast services. Uh, Apple Aussie Weekly is all available. Um, before we get into the news, I'd like to introduce back Chris on the show. Chris, thank you for joining today's episode. Yeah, no problem, Holden. I mean, it's good to be back. Although I couldn't make it um, last yeah, week. Yeah, we had some technical. So... Yeah, we had some technical issues there. Yeah, it's still good to. Yeah, know, it's, yeah, be it's involved. great. Yeah, it's great. We res- we we resolved those issues, and you're back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first thing we're gonna be talking about is AirPods. Okay. So there's been some rumors going on that Air. There's been a, quite a few rumors going on about uh, the AirPods too. So. We're just going to be talking about the current rumors right now. So, AirPod wireless charger will charge the full in 15 minutes, thicker and heavier case. Alright, so AirPods, so these are some new rumors. Uh, but Chris, what do you think of the AirPods wireless charging uh, being able to charge full in 15 minutes? I think that's a pretty, you know... I think it's a good achievement, honestly. Yeah, it's an amazing, you know, technological... Um feet to overcome because i mean you've got to um think about how to do that basically within um 15 minutes and then making sure you know that it doesn't overheat it doesn't explode the badge is just because you know they Mm -hmm. can't grasp that technology and so i think it'll be really interesting to see you know whether they'll be able to pull this off with airpods 2 right yeah um but so one thing Everyone's pissed off right now. It's true. Everyone, I know a lot of people are pissed off, but there's a pro to con of this. Okay, so AirPod wireless charging. So Apple's been promising the AirPods wireless charging case. Uh, get Chris. Guess how many days we've been waiting for? Guess. Uh, I'd say it's about like two hundred now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Get, guess what? Is, is that more or less? There's more. Oh wow. Here, want me to tell you? Yeah, okay. According to 9to5Mac, Apple has been promising the AirPods wireless charging case for over 505, sorry, 537 days and counting. Oh, wow. 
I, know. I really underestimated that. No, no, no. Yeah, me too, dude. Like, <laughs> I totally did not expect that. Well, but, I mean, I think it's uh, it's mm -hmm. really just poor on their end because, you know, they've been promising a product for that long. Right. So, the and thing I about think... Apple is they don't want to be like Samsung, okay? They don't want to be... <laughs> okay, they don't want to rush a product out and they don't want to recall their products, okay? So... The good thing is Apple rather do this right and then completely making it a product that will, like, overheat in your pocket or whatever, if you know what I mean. But... Yeah. Yeah. But Apple's trying to, like, make it, like... Like, Apple's trying to get the quality for its customers, which I think it's a good thing, but the bad thing... Apple should never sneak peek this at, at the iPhone of uh press event they should have never leaked they should have never teased it um i hope you learned your lesson about that but overall it's it's annoying and yeah i, I mean it's, I hope it's we... disappointing sorry it's disappointing on their end because like they've been promising this that like they've been basically hyping it up oh you're gonna have this wireless charging pad and this wireless charging feature for airpods and stuff like that Right. And I think it's a huge, huge letdown for the fact that, you know, they've mentioned it and haven't given any info on it, any updates, mm -hmm. any, you know, um, patent updates or anything like that. So there's nothing that, you know, people like Ming-Chi Ko can work off of apart from trying to predict what AirPods 2 would be like. Yeah, part of it is because Apple's a very secretive company. It's probably one of the most secretive companies in the world, honestly, at this point. But I mean, I guess that's a good thing just because, um, you know, in, I'm not sure whether we're going to be talking about this later, but in recent ads for the iPhone, they've used that as a marketing strategy to, you know, basically say, you know, we're the one company that doesn't sell your data and, you know, use it for external purposes and stuff like that. So I think it's still good that they're secretive like that, but it's also annoying. Right. And... Yeah, again, Apple taking the time to do it right and then rather make a huge PR scene and everyone, and then all the news reports, like Forbes and stuff like that, writing reports about, oh, Apple's going to die. Oh, read this article. Like, those are, those are probably the most BS articles I read in my life, honestly, about Apple. Yeah, and, and also the insert iOS version here has a nasty surprise. I mean, I oh really... Oh my god, dude, it got so bad. So many people exposed them <laughs> on Twitter. Did you see that? Yeah, that was oh, that was funny. Dang, but dude, forties. I mean, yeah. Honestly, I don't even trust them anymore. I think they're one of the worst sources. Honestly, I'm just yeah, saying that. that's my own opinion. I don't know about you guys. If you guys like forties, that's totally fine with you. But I'm yeah. I mean, I'm not a with, fan. And yeah, I, I, dude, trust me. Apple Philosophy will never do that shit to you guys. Like, we'll never, we'll never do that to you guys ever. I promise. Yeah, because it's it's fake news. It's you know technological fake news and. No, we don't technically. do that. Well, the thing is, it's not really fake news. Well, it's more like clickbait if you think about it. Like, oh, yeah, they're enough. basically just post. They're just basically posting the, like, the same article over and over again, like every day. Like, oh, iPhone has announced a surprise. It's just clickbait so they can get ad revenue, and it's it's, it's just so unprofessional and that like it's 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 bad. Well, I mean, the other thing as well is is that um, you know they post that and it's just mm -hmm. you know like the littlest thing i guess aside from the facetime bug 
it's finding an issue with the control center or something like that and then you know baking it up like it's a huge problem that everyone needs to be concerned about when you know it's something that is really small and basically irrelevant to the point where it would only be the ocd people or the you know kind of exacto nerds that would be you know irritated by it right you know i see what you're saying yeah um, okay, so we'll be talking about AirPods maybe later in this episode, but we're going to be moving on to folding phones and folding iPhones, okay? So, there's now rumors about folding iPhones, what do you know? So, Chris, I just want to ask you a question. What's your thoughts on the folding iPhone concept? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Uh, are you neutral about it? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I think it's a... Uh an amazing concept in, you know, in practice and on paper. But I think that, you know, a folding phone in, you know, a day-to-day environment isn't mm-hmm. practical because, um, or at least with the, what is it, the Samsung S10e or something like that? S10 uh, Fold? It's, yeah, it's called this, I think it's just called the Samsung Galaxy Fold or Samsung Fold. You see, I'm, you see, you can already tell how bad I am with the Samsung product line. Like, uh, well, it's not. I, I, I don't blame you, because I mean, in February alone, they announced I think eleven or twelve new phones just in February. So I guess it shows how they're just kind of rushing to that market. But yeah, I'm not. I really don't know. Samsung seems to. I could just. I could just say get everything out faster before the competition does, so they can make money before Apple does. I just, that's yeah, Samsung. True. That's Samsung's techniques, in my opinion, but. Well, I mean, I gotta be honest with you. Um, talking about the <laughs> S, talking about the S10. Um, so me as me as a person liking phones, I like to see my iPhone. I like to see phones. I, I believe everything matters in design. Okay, so yes. we're talking about the front and the back design. Okay, I thought the front design was beautiful. Like I hundred, I love it. I I couldn't say anything bad about the front design, but I the back design I thought it was terrible, especially with the three camera. Holy crap, man. Woo, that got me. Um, well, I mean, but that's just sorry, me. That's just, I could I could adapt to it in the future, but that's just me, like in yeah. my in my own opinion. But well, yeah, you, you, uh, yeah, you talk. Well, I mean, the thing is, is that like with the Samsung phones, you know, they're boasting about oh, we have four cameras, five cameras, even six or whatever, and. Yeah. There's no purpose to those cameras. They're just there for the fact, oh, yeah, let's add four cameras because why not? I mean, like, I'm on an iPhone XS Max and I'm fine with just two cameras, one for the optical zoom. I feel like Apple will add that telephoto. Third... Right. So, example, I'm, go- I'm going back and thinking when Apple did the two-camera concept. I'm going back. I'm now thinking about that. I honestly, when I heard of that, when I heard of that concept, I, I honestly wasn't a fan of it. But later on, I understand the technology of it and the purpose and Apple market in a way that it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, having, you know, just even two lenses or even three lenses, I feel is enough because, you know, they're all working in a proactive way. Like, I think, uh, is it Huawei that did the... um, the three optical lenses where it was optical zoom up to, I think, 10 times or something like that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think so. It was, yeah, it I mean, was one of the uh, Android phone companies. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's stuff like that that I find practical, because when you start putting in, you know, a photo lens for black and white and things that can, you know, basically done in post-editing, right. I feel that it's unnecessary to include that, and then you're also paying for the additional cost of that being implemented into the phone as well, so I think that's a huge waste of money on the consumer's part. Um, but, I mean, mm. in terms of photo phones back to you know what we were talking about originally um i think that samsung's phone is you know absolute crap compared to um the one well, just released by... think about this think about this chris so we actually never tried the s10 and i don't think you have you haven't either right uh no but my friend he actually won one so from, i may who? i'm curious who try um basically from a uk carrier called three um, oh yeah, I, I heard of them. Yeah, three. Yeah, he entered a, a, a contest, and he basically won an S10. And I don't know what he's going to do with it, but I'm going to see if I can speak to him and do a you know mini review on it just to get a point of view from you know an Apple. Dealer. But um, right, it's it not could, the fault it, could, of the it could be a good phone. It could be. We mm. but just from our perspective as Apple fans, and people are in the Apple and people report on apple news it's just it doesn't attract me i should say yeah well i mean the thing is is that you know with a foldable phone um like i was gonna say the huawei uh, foldable phone looks way mm -hmm. you know better in terms of um how apple could market it because um apple can take what huawei's done and implement it into a, a phone um in a way that I think it would be, you know, way more usable because um, if you look at everything Apple Pros render, uh, not well, yeah, I think it is everything Apple Pros renders. Oh yeah, and I believe, also, yeah, I believe so too. I think it's everything also, Apple Pro. Yeah, and also Apple Eye Designers renders. Um, it's basically done in such a way that would mean um, that you kind of have the screen of, you know an iPhone XS or something mm. like that, and then it would fold out. And I think that they'd be able to make it, you know, almost comparable to an iPad mini design. Mm. The The only interesting thing um, is, is how would they make it um, with Face ID? Because would they have to put it on the side or the top? And That's a good question. Maybe yeah, what would... What would that mean for maybe a user? Like, because... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but maybe they'll do it on the side, sorry. like what they did with the um, with the iPad Pro. Yeah, did I mean they that's, put on that's what I was thinking. Yeah, well, I mean it it has I think three sixty base ID, so you're able to do it, you know, at at any point. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be interesting to see how they would implement that if they were to do a foldable phone. But the thing is that. Uh, with the way that Apple etiquette is, mm -hmm. I think that they'll probably, you know, class it as something that's, you know, kind of tacky and too new to be, you know, launching into a new market as such or a new niche. Maybe. I think, I think, I think people are just waiting to see what will happen. Cause dude, these foldable phones and all these foldable phones that turn the tablets and stuff like that, they're all expensive. They're like $2,000. Like, like, I believe the Samsung Fold is two thousand. Yeah, it's like one thousand nine hundred and some. Yeah, so it is pretty expensive, but 
maybe Apple's waiting for the perfect opportunity to bring this in. Because Apple's never first at anything. We learned about that a long time ago. They just do it better. Yeah, they just, it's all, you know, in the design, like you said earlier. It's just with the way that they do the product and then market it as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's just interesting on their part. No, yeah, definitely, dude. Um, well, you want to move on to the next topic now? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all I really have to say about foldable phones. Okay, cool. So this is this is just we're just gonna let you guys know. Uh, this isn't a huge story, but um, hold on. Okay, so streaming according so this is a report from Mac Rumor. So streaming music cr- contributed seventy five percent of total U.S. music industry revenues for twenty eighteen. Uh, the reason I'm reporting this article, I just find it interesting that the uh, statistics of music streaming is going up and people are not downloading stuff from the iTunes store anymore. And there was a rumor a long time ago that Apple may shut down the iTunes store in 2022 and just focus all on streaming. But that was a rumor from like three years ago. But I'm curious if Apple will still do that. Um, but uh, Chris, you have any thoughts on this story? Um... Yeah, I mean, I and, think... Sorry, the, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but just to clarify, these streaming services are all like Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play Music, Pandora, and others uh, in 2018. And those major players were all responsible for 75% of the total music industry revenues. Well, I mean, I think Mac Rumors is totally correct on this because, um, I mean, you go about asking people oh, what, you know, music do you listen to? What do you listen to, um, on? And they, you know, will say, you know, Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. Right. Or uh, not iTunes, sorry. And that's the thing, is that they'll say everything but iTunes, or, you know, they'll say that they, you know, pirated it or whatever from some website or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think... It, the introduction of Apple Music as a streaming service is kind of like the the backup plan for Apple because they were kind of, you know, predicting it and expecting it to happen just with how technology's going. And right. especially you know, and I think back then there's Spotify and others. Apple joined the party late, I guess we can say, but I I have Apple Music. I gotta say, Apple Music is great. I love Apple Music. I love the co- I love how it connects with all my Apple devices just me I, I like apple music yeah and i mean the thing is as well is that um with the acquisition of um shazam right I also that, think, a, you know, that honestly didn't surprise me it, it seems like the perfect company for apple to buy out yeah and they, i mean i think just... it's the perfect way sorry to edge the way into that you know streaming market even further because mm-hmm. of the way that you know um shazam operates right so having you know that there um kind of sets himself up for when you know the time comes and itunes needs to shut down and i think that they will still keep itunes as an app because you know it's essential for you know um factory restoring iphones and stuff like that if they don't turn on and you know what have you but then um it'll probably just be like more as an apple music app yeah, they'll disable it and then, you know, probably try and 
implement the TV shows bit into you know Apple's new streaming service. Maybe, that or maybe they'll make a sorry, interrupt you, but maybe they'll make a whole separate app or like have an online way of doing it. I can see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, what they'll probably try and do is just, um, you know, basically split everything up. They got a pizza cutter and just you know, okay, this bit's going to the TV app, this bit's going to Apple Stream, uh, Apple Music, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, rather than. You know, just fully shutting down everything. They'll probably try and dissect it into, you know, different types of content and then redistribute it to everyone else that was trying to have access to it in the first place. Because um, I don't, I'm not sure on the direct statistics for iTunes, but I still think, you know, the, there are people who will buy albums and stuff like that off of um iTunes. I mean, my dad does it. He's got a content library of like 25,000 songs, and um, that's all bought through iTunes, not Apple Music. And so, you know, you never know uh, what the actual statistics are because, you know, Apple's kind right. of fake. Well, actually, it. I have some statistic. It's not really generally on Apple, but here's some statistics I'm going to read out. So. <clears throat> So the U.S. music industry revenues for 2018 was 75% was streaming, digital downloads was 11%, physical was 12%, okay, and 3% was like other, and it's around it's rounded to like the nearest percentage point, and then the source of the source will be the R, the source of this data is the RIAA, which I don't know what they are, but they seem like good people. Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, it's just the fact that, you know, I still know people that buy stuff off of iTunes, and so I definitely think that, you know, there's still, you know, some relevance to iTunes being an active platform for music. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I'm gonna read, I'm gonna read the U.S. music industry streaming revenues, so here's the revenues, these are by... Uh, billions. Okay, so 2.3 billion four point, in 2015, 4.0 billion in 2016, and 5.7 billion in 2017, and then 7.4 billion in 2018. So you can obviously see like, they're definitely making a lot more revenue from it. Yeah, and I mean, just with the way that um, they're already trying to get into other streaming services, you know, um, the preparing for the worst in the instance that it would happen. But, um, you know, in terms of my predictions, I think, you know, that time won't come until, you know, like they predicted 2022 or even, you know, later than that, 2023, 24. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you have anything else you want to talk about this, Chris? Uh, no, I mean, I've pretty much said everything that, you know, I think is relevant to this, you know, topic of conversation. So I'd be happy to, you know, move on to the next story. Okay, let's move on to the next story. All right, so moving on to the next story. So Qualcomm, uh, so this is a story. So Qualcomm is running, as quoted, running out, running out of time to win 5G modem orders in 2020. iPhones, uh, aims legal battle with Apple. So Qualcomm, uh, so Chris, what, what do you say, Qualcomm? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think with the way that 5G has been introduced, I think it's kind of been a bit poor, especially with, um, what was it, AT&T 
introducing five five G and 5G? you know you saying you mean like are you talking about five G E or five G or the fake five G? <laughs> You're so AT and T kind of screwed it by now. Well, I mean, with the way that they've marketed it, I'm not sure which 5G version you're talking about. 5G, because... 5GE is, well, 5GE is fake LTE, and then 5G Plus or whatever, I don't even know what they call it. I'm so lost at this now. I have to go back. Yeah, I know, just the it's way just... that they've tried to market it is just confusing to me. Yeah, they must And so I'm just, I'm just mm -hmm. going to say 5G in general hasn't been introduced in a way that, you know, is very good. Because, I mean, it, it, like with me, I'm pretty sure other people... And, you know, the people listening right now can agree that it's, you know, confusing to the point where, you know, the the coming of 5G is, you know, unknown. It's kind of like an alien, I guess you could say, because of the fact that, you know, you know it's there, but it's not, if you get what I mean, because it's not all the way there, and yet people are already trying to push it out. So, I think, you know, giving it more time would be just as fine, because... You know, I'm fine with 4G LTE. I'm fine with that because me too. I don't. I'm, dude, my internet. I have Verizon, and I've been very satisfied with Verizon. I have the Verizon. I have one of the Verizon Unlimited plans, and it's been great for me. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like um, you know, anything's being done to you know like limit that. So I'd be totally fine with staying with 4G for another couple of years, and also just the fact that you know, mm -hmm. um it's gotten to the point where there's you know like legal trouble for something that doesn't even fully exist yet it, it just kind of bewilders me so you know that's just my opinion on it but i don't know what your opinion is on it so you know what's your opinion on it okay so my opinion on it is uh i'm a little disappointed how how slow 5g is going out i feel like it's going out slow but at the same time i you got you got face reality it's hard it, it it's really a challenge for carriers to get 5g out which i understand so i, I respect that um but overall with 5g I, i'm kind of excited for 5g i'm a little disappointed with verizon's efforts i think they really need to roll it out faster but at the same time i'm pretty satisfied with lte i can't lie but, yeah i mean like i said i'm fine with you know keeping it going for you know another couple months even a year no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but moving back to this uh, main story, so Qualcomm may be running out of time uh, if it wants to supply Apple with 5G modems for its twenty for the first 2020 iPhones, as some rumors suggest. Okay, so in a research note, sorry, in a research note uh, today, analysts at an investment bank, uh, Barclays said that they originally thought Qualcomm had an opportunity to supply the 5G modems to Apple. They now believe that at the time seems to be running out, unless the two companies can settle their uh, legal bat battles in the next few weeks. So, back in November, it was reported that Apple was... Uh, tap, uh, Apple will tap Intel as its 5G modem supplier instead, but... Barclays analysts believe that the modem designed for 2020 iPhones needs to be set now, and that the expected a late 2019 availability of Intel's first yeah I know of Intel's first consumer 5G modem does not work with Apple's timeline. So, Apple's now trying to 
I feel like at Apple at this point, it's either going to be Qualcomm or Intel. But both players are just... But the issue is both players are not, like... They're just not corroborating. They're, like... I guess you can just say... Well, they're, they're not going to... They're both going to release it later than Apple wants it to. Like, am I right? Yeah, I, and I mean, my... um mom used to work for Barclays, not in the technology, you know, analyst department, but I mean, still she, you know, was related to them. So I think that's cool. Um, I mean, just brainstorming now on the podcast, maybe we'll have to try and, you know, interview one of these, um, analysts, see how that goes. That'll be interesting. Yeah, maybe we could. Yeah. Um, and speaking of analysts, we're going to have some special guests coming up in the next, uh, next few weeks um but i can't tell you right now but you don't want to miss this we'll be doing a q a with him we'll start with a q a and then he'll be joining us in general discussion of the week's apple news so um but apple world i also give a shout out to apple world he's really great at what he does um but if you guys don't know him he's a apple world reports the latest apple news and leaks on youtube and he also does reviews and unboxings um he has, he has over 125,000 subscribers. I've, I've, I've been following him since he, I think he was around like 20,000, like when he like first started, but he has pretty great knowledge of Apple news and can't wait. We can't wait to have him join the show next week, but I just want to throw that out again, just to make sure yeah. any new listeners <laughs> are joining them. But I mean, actually getting back to the, you know, the topic, I think, you know, like you said, they will, you know, come up with this technology late. And I think that, you know, they'll do it late and then it'll cause some drama right. for Apple. Well, they may- and... Yeah, maybe. I'm not too sure about that, but it's possible. Well, I mean, it could even come to the point where, um, you know, Apple may take it into their own hands and, you know, get some of their, you know, you know, army style, basically, um, engineers to you know come up with something but um yeah i mean because they have the the brains the apple 5g chip i like to see that yeah and so um i think they already sorry sorry but don't they already make the a12 chip on their own or like they Uh, they have contractors yeah so i'm sure they can pull that off it'll take a lot more time and money but it may be more expensive but at least they got it done well, yeah, I mean, the thing is as well is that what they'll probably do is that they'll have this drama of, you know, oh, who's going to supply us or are we going to end up supplying ourselves? And then what they're going to do is they're probably either going to delay the phone or they're going to include 4G modems, which they may have, you know, some sort of, um, I wouldn't say backdoor, or, mm-hmm. but um, some sort of, you know, capability of which would mean that, you know, they could... I guess you'd say upgrade them to 5G when that time comes through a software update over the air. Yeah, I think that'd be cool if they did that. Yeah, and I mean, um, I guess time will tell. So until they can, you know, come to a conclusion, the, you know, outcome is kind of at the hands of, you know, those companies until they, you know, come out and say, you know, we've got something. Right. Okay, so um, I'm ready to move on to the next story now. So the next sto- the next topic we're going to be talking about is Apple is working on a future product that will blow you away. So the annual shareholders meeting was held at Apple's 
uh, Apple Park headquarters um, on March 1st. And see, and Chief Executive Officer Tim, sorry, Tim Cook, <laughs> shared some news about Apple's future, uh, Apple's future product plans. He's he said that he said that Apple is developing products that will blow you away, which could either be Apple AR glasses or Apple Car, according to Mac, via Mac Rumors. That's what Mac Rumors believes. But in my opinion, I believe Apple's it'll be Apple streaming services. I really don't think Apple is going to make an Apple car. I don't see that. I don't see that being possible anymore. Just, just, yeah. just with the reality of Apple just dropping all those jobs, I just can't see it happening unless they're secretly doing it. But I honestly can't see them. Do, I can't really see it happening at all. Maybe they'll do technology for cars, but like not like a whole like electric car. I don't see it. Yeah. That, I think that idea think... was gone a long time ago. Yeah, go on. Hmm. I think that they'll probably do something, you know, like a CarPlay 3 or something like that, because That'd be cool. I, I think, yeah, CarPlay is definitely something, you know, that has potential to be, Dude, I you thought, know, a full I thought car, Sorry to interrupt you again, but I thought CarPlay was a success. Like, I see it in a lot of cars now. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is as well is that um, CarPlay should be a thing that, you know, could become a standalone product, just mm. because I think... At the moment, the only flaw is is that you need an an iPhone plugged into the car or connected by Bluetooth for it to you know function. And I think that you know if you were able to um, have it without a phone or you know something like that, it'd be so much cooler because then you'd have that GPS functionality and everything like that. You just wouldn't have the you know messages and you know the podcasts and stuff like that on it because. Because you need the phone for that, but then you'd still be able to use the the essentials, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, That'd be cool. But in terms of you know this event, I think they won't bring out anything you know too big in terms so of. You're talking, like, wait, sorry, you're talking about the March 2019 event, right? Yes, and <coughs> sorry, I don't think they'll bring out anything you know, huge, like an iPad or an, a Mac update or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. what they'll try and do is um, keep it low-key. And this could be where we see AirPower, you know, just a, a smooth and subtle launch for AirPower and, you mm-hmm. know, the, the wireless charging case so... rather than it being, you know, paired with the full-blown um, big launches for 2019. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to continue on with the story that I'm going to give you my opinion on this what Apple may release at the March event. Um, but, um, so this is cool. So Cook also continued by saying that Apple's ultimate goal is to reduce the price of the 2018 Mac MacBook Air, um, which is currently at 1200 so maybe it'll go to 999 or cheaper. But when it comes to Apple Watch and AirPods, Cook said it'll be a long, uh, Cook said it'll be a uh, long, great roadmap of fantastic products uh that are about to emerge as for service business uh cook said that service for service business revenue will double that of 2016 before 2020 and at the end of the month the cupertino firm is expected to launch a two two new services including a new streaming tv service focused on original films and television dramas and the so-called uh apple news magazine service that we've been seeing um, this story was reported on by Appleosophy by our one of our writers. So thank you, Jing, for <laughs> writing this. Um, but 
Um, here's my opinion on this. So, I think for the Apple March 2019 event, I, I think the two major things will be is Apple's streaming service, number one. Number two will be the Apple News Magazine service. And then number three, it'll just be maybe like, maybe a new iPad Mini 5. And also, possibly, I think Apple were, will practice. I think Apple will do a silent launch on AirPower. And so maybe, so I also see the iPad. And then for number four, I see the AirPods 2. But yeah. I'm still, I'm, it's a little sketchy right now for the AirPods. I really think, it's. I'll say it's 40% possible it will release this month. But anything's possible. I mean, I think that is perfectly valid because there's, you know, so much variability to this um, event. You know, it could go any any which way that, you know, Apple wants it to go, basically. Yeah, exactly. Because there's already so much on the table that everyone's already expecting. Right. Um, so, I guess it's just, you know, us waiting until, you know, we can, you know, either gather info from, you know, an inside source or... Um, you know, just wait until the event. No, yeah, um, but yeah, that's, that's just that's just what I predict at the time right now. Um, but yeah, um, so let's move on to a new story. So, Apple is expanding. Uh, so sorry. So Apple's expanding. Uh, there's more to iPhone campaign with new videos. So Apple, Apple today, so sorry, Apple, Apple uh, announces on March 2nd, so about two, yesterday. So Apple's exp- expanded uh, its their more to iPhone market campaign to France and the United Kingdom after launching in Germany late, uh, late last year. So a new why iPhone page on Apple's website in each country highlights reasons why an iPhone is, is uh is more than the device in your hands, ranging from Apple's environmental responsibility to iOS 12 performance improvements to the privacy of features such as Face ID, Apple Maps, and and also, yes, FaceTime. So here's a little statement of what Apple says about privacy in these campaigns. So here's what they say. They say, at Apple, we believe that your data, that your data privacy is fundamental human right. Your personal data belongs to you and no one else. And while some companies sell your data, we don't. And we tell you if we collect your data and let them know how it's used. For instance, we may we may uh, utilize your, the data to make iPhone more user-friendly. <clears throat> and you can always change your settings to limit the amount of information that could be accessed. And including that, Apple, Apple today also shared three new There's More to iPhone videos on its YouTube channel in the United Kingdom and France. So you can watch these ads on the Apple United Kingdom page. Um, but what's interesting is they're not available in... What makes it interesting because they're not available... In the, this campaign is not available in the United States. So, uh, Chris, why do you think they did that? You think it's just something they're testing now? I'm, wait, what are your thoughts on this? I think it is something that they're trying to test out because when you, you know, normally think of testing, you think straight up most of the time, um, at least, you know, it's in the U.S. Because um, with the way that, you know, product testing 
you know, has evolved. Everything's always right. uh, San Francisco type stuff. That's what's happening with 5G. There's, you know, it's mostly in the US. Though I think there's some other European um, testing, you know, centers going on for 5G. But, you know, there's, you know, a whole range of, of things for, um, you know, Apple to test. And I think that it's good that they're branching out to, you know, Europe um, and Eurasia basically to do that because mm-hmm. um you know these ads there was you know a lot of um concern over especially gdpr i'm not sure that you've heard of it before no um, I, I, trust me i heard of it yeah and um yeah the, that that was a huge scandal basically when facetime had that bug because you know everyone is so concerned about their data not really um mm-hmm in the UK and Europe and stuff like that with GDPR. And so, you know, there's a huge, you know, yeah, kind of, so maybe Apple flipping. had, so maybe Apple was in that position. They felt like they needed to do something. Cause yeah. And GDPR. It, well, it wasn't the, you, you know, the, the need to do something or to advertise on it. It's just the fact that, you know, it happened and they want to gain back that customer lo- loyalty which they could have potentially lost by you know demonstrating oh uh, we we had a problem we had an oopsie we fixed it we've done everything that we can and your data is still safe and we're not mm-hmm. gonna you know make sure that happens um you know because that bug was you know big for apple and you know these ads are basically trying to gain back the um the the fanboy culture of apple basically they're trying to bring bring it back and so i think that that's you know good and the fact that you know they're trying to do localized advertising for you know these special um mishaps i guess you could say right yeah um but yeah it's interesting chris Mm. But, but um my thoughts on this is i um i don't think i think these campaigns are just focused on europe so i think they're gonna expand them more in europe and we'll see where they go from then in the future okay yeah so, yeah okay so we're gonna be moving on to the next story now um we're almost done with this week's news but we got a few more stories to go but this story is just in this story is just coming in now. But according to a news source, iPad Insight, Apple Watch Series Three is on sale at Target for only two hundred dollars. So one ninety nine. So according to according Ooh, you to okay there? yeah, I'm good. Okay, so according to so according to iPad Insight, um, the Apple Watch Series Three. GPS is on sale there for only $200. This is a $29 this is 29% off the normal retail price of 2 uh 279. And what's cool about this Target's also offering t- free 2-day shipping on it as well. But bear in mind this is the only mo- this is the only model size and color on sale and it's only online only. So it has to be the 38mm Apple Watch uh, Space Gray Series Three Jeep with GPS, and it's on sale for two hundred dollars. So it's interesting because they have I see these sales sometimes, but sometimes they're they're getting a little bit more rare. But just recently, I've been starting to see them more. So it's kind of cool to see the Series Three discounted because I have a Series 
I have the first generation Apple Watch still, and I I should get an upgrade soon. Yeah, you need to get an upgrade as soon as possible, Halden. Well, I don't need it. The funny thing is, like, I'm fine with my first gen. It does everything I need. I'm just, like... Only, I only feel like I need a new Apple Watch if it just breaks, and mine hasn't, like, broke at all, so... Oh, fair enough. See, I, I don't, don't want to be wasteful, if you know what I mean, like... Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. But... And, mm-hmm. Yeah, just my input. I think, you know, that it's good that they're doing this deal, because, um, you know, while they're just probably trying to get it off back, uh, not back order, trying to get it, you know... Um, cleared. Yeah, I just trying. I also think it's good, good opportunity for people to upgrade because, um, like my cousin, she took advantage of this deal, and she, um, you know, just upgraded to an Apple Watch Series Three from a Series One, and you know, she's so you know mesmerized with all the new um features that it has, just because you know, it's um, you know, just. A big leap in terms of technology, in terms of, um, you know, the battery capacity and the, you know, fluidity of the system, I guess you could say. Right. And, you know, I think that's, you know, the main focus of, you know, this offer. So, other than that, if yeah, they were offering think, a yeah. Series 4, mm-hmm. then I think it would be a whole, you know, a whole different situation. But because it's a Series 3, it's not too big of a leap, if you get what I mean. No, no, yeah, I, I get what you mean. It, like, it's not like the series one or like the series two. It's a three, and it's only one generation back, which isn't a huge big deal. It's a good price, honestly. Do lose yeah. more two hundred dollars instead of like I think Apple sells it for two fifty on Apple dot com, maybe more. But I think it's a good deal. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's you know money off for you guys, so I you know think it's worth the money if you're looking to upgrade. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to be moving on to the next story. Apple announces shot on iPhone challenge winners. So Apple has named 10 winners of its shot on iPhone challenge, whose photos will be featured in billboards across, around the world in Apple retail stores and online. So back in January 2019, Apple's, uh, this was announced on Apple's newsroom, but they announced the shot on iPhone challenge with the goal of celebrating the photography capabilities of the iPhone. Apple's panel of judges now has picked 10, ten uh, sorry, they have now picked 10 winning photos uh, from around the world and shot from the range of models from the iPhone 7 to the iPhone Tennis Max and they and from my first impression my first impression on them they look really cool. Um, but if you guys want to view these photos yourself, we have them available on applelossy.com. You can search for the article or you can view it on Apple Newsroom at apple.com slash newsroom but these photos will be featured in billboards in select cities in apple retail stores and online but originally the rule of this challenge didn't include any payment of using the winning photos but in the company's in the company's marketing efforts but after a backlash uh, apple changed the rules to specify that it would pay an unspecified licensing fee so they will get a so apple will pay them money for the photos Um, but Chris, uh, so have you, have you seen the winners yet, Chris? Yes, I have. And I mean, I think the iPhone photography is, you know, it's amazing because, you know, it's one lens or two lens cameras 
on you know a smartphone and right. you know they're to the point where they're of you know a professional you know um quality and up to you know the point where it would be something like um a dslr photo or an ls is it an ls or something like that um, dslr and I th- I th- yeah i think so yeah an ls or something like that um yeah, and I think it's just the fact that, you know, these have been taken on, you know, freaking smartphones, and then they're being used in advertisements, you know, on billboards, on the side of buildings, even. Um, so, so I think it's, you know, really amazing that they're, you know, pushing that content, because you don't see Samsung doing that, because you already know that Samsung's inferior, you know, you just look at the, um, what is it, the DSIO mark scores, and you instantly see how the iPhone's, you know, already on top. It's, you know, it's a game pretty much. And I do a lot of iPhone photography myself. And, you, you know, you can even watch the video um, that I did in December. Yeah, it's up the, on the Apple Osby YouTube channel, I believe. Uh, yes, you can. So youtube.com slash Apple Osby. And, um, you know, that video totally unedited in terms of you know stabilization and everything just my iphone 10s max and um the dji osmo and you see it there it's amazing for what it is and you know that was handheld that was just using the dji one but then connecting it to my tripod and i i went down to brighton a few weeks ago and you know filmed my friend wearing my um you know beat skyline headphones that i actually got with the offer um that we talked about i think two episodes ago um oh yeah i think yeah two episodes ago you're right i believe it was we're on episode seven so yeah it was episode five yeah episode five five, yeah and um yeah so i i got a video of him and attaching it to my tripod and then with the you know osmo it's an insane photography machine, pretty much. I mean, yeah, it looks really nice, dude. Just as long as you have it then and in there, you're able to do pretty much anything that you like. And with the help of the apps on the right. App Store, you're able to do so much. You could, you know, basically turn your smartphone camera into a DSLR through an app, which is, you know, amazing considering that, you know, you have a Nikon camera that's like, you know, a thousand dollars plus a six hundred dollar lens when you could just pay you know one thousand one hundred dollars and have a handset a phone um a music player and mm-hmm. you know just all that or in steve jobs words um an ipod an internet communicator and a phone plus a camera but i mean you know i think the the photography game on an iphone is you know simply just way better than um anything that you know an android could offer unless right. you're on like the hydrogen one or something like that mm-hmm. no i yeah i love the iphone camera it's always been one of the like great greatest things about having an iphone um but um yeah um so i'd like to move on to the last story of today's episode so apple uh, laid off uh, 190 workers in its self-driving car division. So from a story from eGadget, after early confirmation, Apple is officially laying off workers from its self-driving car team. 
The company sent out a letter to the California Employment Department, uh, sorry, Development Department, warning that it will let go of 197, sorry, 190 Project Titan members, employees in Santa Clara and Sunnyvale. Um, but the move will take place April 16th and will mostly affect engineers with 124 losing their positions. As before, some of the groups involved in Titan are moving in other parts of the company to support AI and other efforts. But this isn't the first round of layoffs from Project Titan, and Apple cut Apple cut many jobs in 2016, which shifted from developing a full fledged uh, a, a full fledged car just to being a uh, underlying platform. But there's pressure. Uh, there's more pressure than before to take action, though. But yeah, it's, just, it's interesting to see uh, the employment rate going out, going down. It just gives us a hint that we won't really see a full car from Apple anymore. And I really don't expect that. Like, I do expect Apple working on something like CarPlay Theory and maybe like car technology, but but or partnering with a company to make cars better. But I don't really, I can't see them making a car alone. Um, but Chris, what do you, what are your thoughts on this? Do you have any thoughts? I mean, I don't think that they would make a car. Like, with the responsibilities of making a car and, you know, having it, you know, in an insurance database and, you know, um, on a driving registry and everything like that, I think, you know, it'd be too much hassle for them to, you know, try and develop something. And I think what the, you know, case will end up being is what they'll do is um you know work with elon musk pretty much and you know although he's you know hosting meme review and everything like that he's a busy guy i think you know tim cook working with you know elon would be something you know revolutionary because you know mm -hmm. you've got a, a capable car with you know already loads of technology inside it and then you know the kind of design of you know something that apple would make i think it'd be something where you know you'd have um you know just something that's absolutely extraordinary especially with you know the way that elon is you know so down to earth or um i guess you could say up to mars um you know with the hashtag colonized mars thing mm -hmm. um yeah it's really amazing yeah and you know i think he'd be able to kind of I guess you could say coax Tim Cook into being, you know, a little more relaxed in terms of, you know, making um, systems for a car because, you know, a Tesla is, you know, not just a car, it's a fun vehicle to have because you have all the Easter eggs with it. And so I think it'd be interesting to see, you know, what Elon could do if he worked with Tim Cook and, you know, the Apple design team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would like to see, honestly, like when when Apple when I hear the reports Apple's working on a car, my first thought was like, I wonder how this is gonna go. And I'm I'm I find it impressive that they at least tried it out, so at least they're interested. But maybe we'll learn more in the future what Apple's efforts are more and what they're really working on. But yeah, okay, everyone. Uh, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode of App Lawsuit Weekly, or I should say for this for this week's episode. But 
be sh- again, be sure to follow us on Instagram at a p p l e o s o p h y at Appleosophy. Check out our Twitter and Facebook page. And for more Apple news and rumors and leaks, be sure to visit our website at appleosophy.com. All right. So, uh, Chris, thank you for joining today's episode. Yep. And, you know, thank you to everyone listening. You know, keep making sure that you are interacting with us because we want to interact with you. We want to, um, you know, talk with you guys on DM and everything. So just keep doing what you're doing, guys. Right. And uh, just a reminder, it's the last time I'll say this, I promise this, YouTuber Apple World joins is going to join Apple City Weekly on March 10th at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Daylight Time. Uh, be sure to send a reminder. Um, you don't want to miss this episode. It'll be, it's going to be great. Um, and, but yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope everyone has a great week. See you.